This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. You're listening to Your Catholic Corner, 89.03 FM. This is Salve Regina from the Benedictine Monks on the fifth Sunday of Easter in May 2022. As you prepare to spend the next half hour of your life with God, the first reading today is from the Acts of the Apostles, where Paul and Barnabas proclaim the good news in many places. The responsorial psalm is Psalm 145, which is a song of praise to God. From the second reading, we have Revelation, where John describes his vision of a new heaven and a new earth. And today's Gospel reading is from John, where Jesus gives his disciples a new commandment to love one another. Peace be with you. I'm Julie, and you're listening to Your Catholic Corner Free FM 89.0 in the wonderful Waikato, God's own Aotearoa, New Zealand. Your Catholic Corner is brought to you by the parishioners of the St. Of Matthew's in Hillcrest in Hamilton City. I hope that wherever you are, wherever you are listening to this, you are safe, well and healthy. Today, as we celebrate the fifth Sunday of Easter, we're still in May, which is Mary's month. For centuries, the Catholic Church has set aside the entire month of May to honour Mary, Mother of God. That's all 31 days of May. 
The custom spans both centuries and cultures, with roots going back as far as the ancient Greeks. In early Greece, May was dedicated to Artemis, which was, or who was, the goddess of fecundity. In ancient Rome, May was dedicated to Flora, the goddess of blooms or blossoms. And remember that here we are at the bottom of the world in the southern hemisphere, right now in autumn, getting ready to prepare for for winter. But in the northern hemisphere, May is all about spring and abundance and blooming. So it's one of of creation, I guess, in the northern hemisphere. Hence blossoms and blooms and being the goddess of fecundity, Artemis. Back to Flora. They celebrated ludi florals or floral games at the end of April and asked the intercession of Flora for all that blooms. In medieval times, similar customs abounded, all centering around the practice of expelling winter. As May the 1st was considered the start of new growth. During this period, the tradition of Tricentium, or 30 days devotion to Mary, came into being, also called Lady Month. The event was held from mid-August through to mid-September. It was actually from the 15th of August through to the 14th of September. And it is actually still observed in some areas. The idea of a month dedicated specifically to Mary can be traced back to Baroque times, although it wasn't always held during May. Mary month included 30 daily spiritual exercises honouring Mary. It was in this area, the Baroque era, that Mary's month and May were combined, making May the month of Mary, with special devotions organised on each day throughout the month. This custom became especially widespread a couple of centuries ago during the 19th century and remains in practice until today. The way Mary is honoured in May is as varied as the people who honour her. It's common for parishes to have a daily recitation of the rosary during May and many erect a special May altar with a statue or picture of Mary as a reminder of Mary's month. Additionally, it's a long-standing tradition to crown the statue of Mary during May, a custom known as May Crowning, with a capital C, May Crowning. Often, the crown is made of beautiful blossoms representing Mary's beauty and virtue. It's also a reminder to us, the faithful, to strive to imitate our Blessed Mother's virtue in our own lives. May crowning in some areas is a huge celebration and is usually done outside of Mass, although Mass may be celebrated before or after, before or after the actual crowning. But May altars and crownings aren't just church things. We can add and, or we can and we should be doing, 
I don't like that word should. We could be doing the same in our own homes and in our own lives so that we are witness to all that is good. When we echo the customs and traditions of the church in our homes, which then become our domestic churches, we participate more fully in the life of the church. So this morning, to honour Mary, we are going to have a look at the rosary line by line to help us each get a deeper understanding of it. And actually, it is so simple. It is very, very, I think because its simplicity makes it so profound. As well as, we're also going to listen to the beautiful hymn, Hail Mary, Gentle Woman, sung by Kerry Landry. Show. 
Gentle Woman by Kerry Landry. Absolutely beautiful. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Catholic Corner 89.0 free FM online on air and on demand. Brought to you by the parishioners of St. Matthew's in Hillcrest in Hamilton City, New Zealand. I'm Julie. Let's have a look at today's first reading from the Acts of the Apostles, where Paul and Barnabas proclaim the good news in many places. This chapter of Acts of the Apostles ends the first missionary journey, which is thought to have lasted between one to two years. We hear about the decisions in the entire Acts book. We hear about the decisions, the difficulties and the dangers of pioneer work on the mission field and how to deal with them all. It's thought that Paul and Barnabas travelled more than 700 miles by land. That's over 1,100 kilometres. For us Kiwis, to give that some perspective, that's about the same distance as Cape Reinga to Wellington and over 500 miles by sea. And that's about 800 kilometers, which is about as far as traveling from Christchurch to Invercargill by boat. Imagine what that must have been like back then. Hard work, for sure. So that is some background on the Acts of the Apostles. When it comes to the gospel, today's gospel again comes from the gospel of John. And like last week, today we hear words spoken by Jesus before his death and resurrection. Jesus is teaching at the Last Supper. John's Gospel doesn't include an institution of the Eucharist narrative. Instead, Jesus washes his disciples' feet. Immediately after, Jesus predicts his betrayal by Judas. Today's Gospel follows on from that prediction. It can be read as a continuing explanation of Jesus' act of washing his disciples' feet. Today's reading, though, it begins with the announcement that this is the moment when the Son of Man will be glorified. You can imagine how confused all the disciples are with statements like this, can't you? I will be glorified. The Son of Man will be glorified especially after he's just washed everyone's feet. What would it be like for you if you were one of those? I think I wouldn't quite understand what was going on. This theme continues throughout John's passion. Here in the 21st century, we have the the privilege of hindsight. We've got history behind us to, to know what was going to happen. But those men and those women didn't then. Jesus will be glorified in his death on the cross and in his resurrection, and the disciples will glorify Jesus in the love they show. 
John's gospel doesn't just present a sentimental view of love. He's pretty hard-hitting. Instead, he talks about a type of love that shows service and sacrifice. When Jesus washed his disciples' feet, he demonstrated service. There are four significant takeaways or lessons that we could implement if we were so inclined. And it's hard work. Being Christian isn't easy. But we could implement into our own lives from Jesus' washing of his disciples' feet. The first lesson, the first takeaway, is that Jesus came to serve and not be served. The second is that we are to show people the same kind of unconditional love and forgiveness and mercy that Jesus shows us. The third lesson is that Jesus had a healthy understanding of who he was and where he came from. Because of this, because of his being so secure in who he was, he was able to love others perfectly and not feel inferior because he was serving them. When we know, when we get that we're fully loved by God and we know where identity comes from, we are Catholic Christians, we don't have to try to get it from our status or position in life. We don't have to get our our sense of who we are by putting others down. And finally, it's not true humility to deny someone who wants to serve us. We mustn't assume that we're not good enough to be served by others. When we're too prideful to accept what others want to do for us, we might completely miss what Jesus has done for us as well. We must be humble enough to allow others to minister to us as well when they want to. It's a bit like being able to accept a compliment. When we compliment somebody and they say, oh, this old thing, or they try to play down the compliment that we've just received, that they've just given us, it's actually not quite a good feeling to the giver. So... When somebody wants to serve us as hard as it is, let them accept the gift of their service. It's difficult to choose to love when faced with hatred and anger. This morning, Jesus tells the disciples that all will know that they are his disciples because of the love they show for one another. This description of the early Christian community will be repeated in the Acts of the Apostles with the words, see how they love one another. Christian love is the hallmark of Christianity. It's what we see and read about as lived in the witness of the martyrs. We see it in the example of the lives of all the saints. So ponder that. The first reading is a reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, then on to Iconium and Antioch. There they strengthened the souls of the disciples and encouraged them to continue in the faith, saying, It is through many persecutions that we must enter the kingdom of God. 
And after they had appointed elders for them in each church, with prayer and fasting, they entrusted them to the Lord in whom they had come to believe. Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. When they had spoken the word in Persia, they went down to Atalia. From there they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had completed. When they arrived, they called the church together and related all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith for the Gentiles. The Word of the Lord. The Responsorial Psalm, I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his compassion is over all that he has made. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your faithful shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God, to make known to all people your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. A reading from the book of Revelation. Then I, John, saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of the heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. The Word of the Lord. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come, to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During the supper, when Judas had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, 
I am with you only a little longer. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. This is Julie and you're listening to Your Catholic Corner 89.03 FM. The meaning of the Hail Mary prayer line by line. Hail Mary. This is the greeting of the angel Gabriel as he opens this prayer. It is God himself who, through his angel as intermediary, greets Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. These two phrases of the angel's greeting shed light on one another. Mary is full of grace because the Lord is with her. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Blessed is she who believed. Mary is blessed among women because she believed in the fulfillment of the Lord's word. Mary, because of her faith, became the mother of believers through whom all nations of the earth receive him who is God's own blessing, Jesus, the fruit of thy womb. Holy Mary, Mother of God, because she gives us Jesus, her son, Mary is mother of God and our mother. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. By asking Mary to pray for us, we acknowledge ourselves to be poor sinners. Our trust broadens already at the present moment to surrender the hour of our death, wholly to her care. Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.